From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, welcome aboard, everyone. It's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on uh, Thursday night here on the uh, east coast of the United States. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are listening to or watching uh, the Steve Malsberg show. Uh, just a couple more shows uh, before uh, Christmas holiday, of course. I know everybody's excited. Something happened uh, today or maybe the actual statement was made yesterday. Nonetheless, it got attention today. Not a lot of attention, of course, as you might imagine. But something was said today that I think should be taken very seriously and should be an eye-opener and a point of concern, great concern. Now, let me preface this and let me preface this the pre- let me preface the preface by saying in no way, shape or form am I accusing uh, Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts of anything, having an affair, doing anything wrong, nothing, nothing. OK, I'm not accusing him of anything. I just got to bring up a point. Years ago, years ago, when John Roberts kind of took a turn I can't remember the decision or the series of decisions that disappointed conservatives where he kind of went the other way and and kind of lost that conservative edge. And I remember saying on the air, you know, who knows what prompted this? Who knows what prompted this? Who knows what 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 goes on in Washington? Who knows? I said. If someone didn't slip a manila envelope under his door saying, here's what we know. Now, again, not to say he's done anything nefarious, not to say he's done anything illegal. I'm just speaking, you know, kind of figuratively, but but you never know. And it doesn't have to be illegal or 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 even embarrassing necessarily. My point is maybe here's. Here's a website you went to 10 years ago. Here's, um, I don't know, here's a bar, a picture from a bar where you were acting blah, blah, blah 15 years ago, or worse, I don't know. And I, my, my point at the time and my point now is, could someone be threatening slash blackmailing judges, politicians, now we have the uh, Epstein logs that a judge said have to be made, you know, uh, 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 public. Yet we've had Dick Durbin in the Senate, a Democrat from Illinois, fighting tooth and nail to prevent that that flight list from being made, uh, the flight logs from being made public. And again, I'm not accusing anybody of being on that flight list. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, we don't know what goes on. And and what we do know that goes on, okay, when we see what we do know, when we know what we do see, it's they're trying to put in jail the man who was leading in the polls to be the next president of the United States. They've tried everything with him, everything, everything. 
during the 2020 election, during his term, the impeachment, uh, during the 2020 election, the FBI and others going to social media. Oh, don't let anybody write about the Hunter Biden laptop. I mean, everything that we've seen and now indictment after indictment. My point is what's we've seen what's possible. What's not possible? And I don't have an answer, but it certainly raises the question. Well, well, Tim Burchett, congressman from, I believe, the second district of the great state of Tennessee, was on a show called the Ben Show or the Benny, the Benny Show. Sorry. And um, talking about Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein and and why were people uh, who want want it made public? Marsha Blackburn, senator from Tennessee, wants it made public. And she's kind of been like, you know, uh, people don't want to have anything to do with her because she wants to make it public. And the, 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 again, the flight logs and all that. So what, what's going on here? And just listen to this, because when I heard this, I like went back in my chair and said, whoa whoa he's going there he's going there a sitting congressman and he's not only talking about what he's seen as a sitting congressman but his whole political career as a state legislature as a mayor i'll let him explain it uh here we are with uh, cut 275. why in the world would would good conservatives vote for crazy stuff like what we've been seeing out of congress it's how it works. You're visiting, you're out of the country or out of town or you're in a motel or bar at, in D.C. And some whatever you're you're into, women or men or whatever, comes up and they're very attractive and they're laughing at your jokes and, and, they, and you're buying them a drink. Next thing you know, you're in the motel room with them naked. And next thing you know, you know, you're about to make a key vote. And what happens? Some well-dressed person comes up and whispers in your ear, hey, man. There's tapes out on you. Were you in a motel room on whatever with whoever? And then you're like, uh-oh, and said, you really ought not be voting for this thing. I mean, you know, and what do they do? It's human nature. And, um, you know, no man or no woman actually is an island, and they know what to get at. You know, if it's women, drugs, booze, it'll find you in D.C. and in most elected offices. And that's what people of power and influence do. And it's just... You know, I've been in this game my whole life. I spent 16 years in the state legislature in Tennessee and eight years as county mayor. And now I'm in my fifth year of Congress. But it, it's just it, it, the stakes are higher, but the, but the game is still the same. Wow. Let me let me let me replay my, my earlier motion. Wow. Uh, for those listening only, I was. I went back in my seat and did what I did earlier today when I heard that for the first time. This is huge. This is so huge that it should be it should be the lead story on every single newscast, every single network, whether it's liberal, conservative, whatever. Everybody should be talking about what he just said, what the congressman just said. That that politicians get blackmailed about who they might have had an affair with, who they might have, you know, had sex with, uh, whether it's gay or straight. And 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 he wasn't. It's, the message I got was it's not limited to that. Okay, it's not. If it's organized enough, if it's organized enough, 
that the hot chick in the bar on the eve of a vote that's important to somebody who is coordinated with this hot chick at the bar knows there's a vote coming up has the hot chick come on to the congressperson or the senator or the legislator or whoever and then they have sex and then the next day the the legislator gets a call saying hey was that you having sex in that room with that girl last night you better not vote for that if that goes on then it goes on beyond just the scenario that's how well organized it is it's not just some woman who happens to haphazardly be there and have sex and then somehow a person with an interest in the vote finds out within the next day or two it doesn't work that way this was orchestrated that woman was put there in this fictional scenario scenario okay and it it should make everybody pause it should make everybody think really hard about what's going on in this country now i'm sure this happens everywhere but when you hear somebody say it when you hear a sitting u.s congressman who has spent his whole life in either congress when you hear a sitting u.s congressman who has spent his whole life in either congress state politics local politics say this it just makes sense it just makes sense now you don't have to do this to everybody you don't have to blackmail everybody because you know how you know democrats are going to vote this way republican but if there's something if it's important enough to you if it's not John Roberts necessarily, if it's a Supreme Court justice, if it's a federal, a lower court, or, you know, not the Supreme Court, an appeals court, a state Supreme Court, perhaps. I'm not saying Colorado. I'm just talking in, in possibilities here. In other words, in other words, nothing, nothing should be taken for face value. And that's scary. That's outrageous to think that that's how it goes but that's again how hard is it to you know if this goes way up and i believe it goes way up okay how hard is it for i don't know law enforcement someone who knows someone in law enforcement doesn't have to be a a government agency like the fbi involved in something like this just hey you know, I know that my, my, my buddy, you know, he's in law enforcement or he's this or he's and he knows or he's a lawyer and he knows somebody who could fi- get, go on his uh, his Internet, ha- hack his Internet and see what sites he's visited. And then you get an, an envelope under the door saying, hey, was that you on, you know, porn X, Y, Z looking at men? You better not vote that way. You better not make the decision that way, or you better vote that way or make the decision that way. How far-fetched is that? Answer, not far-fetched at all. Not far-fetched at all. So when you see something that doesn't make sense, 
I'm not saying it happens all the time. Things could not make sense, and it could be perfectly normal and above board. But when you see something that doesn't make sense, when you see somebody who you think is going to vote this way, make a a decision in court this way, based on their whole life, their whole record, their whole beliefs, and then they go the other way, you know, senator, congressman, state legislator, mayor, dog catcher, whatever, stop and think. Stop and think. Because we've all done something, not illegal, not illegal, we've, we've all done something in our lives that we don't want someone else to know about, right? I mean, right? Who doesn't? I mean, I once, uh, I'm going to try to say something funny and I can't think of it. <laughs> I can't think of it. I mean, whatever. But it's not funny. It's not funny. I mean, what Tim Burchett was saying is a is it should be taken very seriously, and it should be it should be a topic of conversation on all the talk shows on on CNN and MS and Fox and everywhere. It really should, because what's more important to democracy? Then making sure that uh, the people who make the laws, make the decisions, rule in the courts, aren't being bribed, aren't being blackmailed. I mean, I think that's pretty darn important, don't you? So there you go. I just thought that that was, uh, that was a wow, a real wow. Okay, and let's see what happens with the, with the, uh, with the uh, Jeffrey Epstein flight logs because the judge said it has to come out and the judge said all the names have to be revealed now i don't know what that's going to prove if anything but the fight the fix was on to not have them revealed so again i we'll see what happens that's a case i haven't covered i mean why waste why waste my time right why waste my time how many people think he was he, he committed suicide in jail that's what i thought okay whatever now I want to go on to um, <laughs> I want to go on to Netflix. Uh, we're going to talk to our guest at the bottom of the hour about Barack Obama and a Netflix movie with a great cast. Julia Roberts is in it. Okay, uh, about chaos. The world is going to end. It's chaos time, and there's a. Uh, a line from a black woman to her black husband, I believe, or father, I think father. And wait till you hear what she says. And Barack Obama was a participant reportedly because he and Michelle have this multi, multi, multi-million dollar deal with Netflix because who's more qualified to, 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 to make movies, to, to help with scripts, to you know, pr- pr- produce documentaries than Barack and Michelle Obama? I mean, really, who's more qualified? So I want you, you'll hear what, 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 uh, what's in the movie that Barack Obama really had a hands-on in and more about Barack Obama as well with our guests. But um, this is something called, and I want to try to pronounce it right, Co Kamalon, I don't know, C-O, then C-O-M-E-L-O-N. It's, um, it's the most popular show on Netflix for 
babies and toddlers. It's for two-year-olds and up. Two-year-olds and up. Okay? Keep that in mind. Keep in mind the age of these little kids who are going to be watching this. This is, well, maybe we'll play it twice. So you watch it the first time, then I'll explain it, then maybe we'll see it again. So here is cut 270. Thing that we know about you, you love to get up and dance. How about you break out those moves for your two biggest fans? You're not sure what to choose. Think about all the things you like hmm. to do. Just be you. Just be me? Yep. When you're trying to decide, think about all the things you like to do. Just be you. Just be me! Okay. Um, did we see him dancing around? Well... Okay, here's the deal. We don't have to see it again. That is a little boy who puts on a dress and dances in his dress for his two fathers. Let me say it again. This is the most popular show for, for, um, for babies and toddlers age two year old plus on Netflix, the most popular show. And you got a little boy putting on a dress and dancing like a girl, I would say, for his two daddies. What the hell? What the hell is going on here? Um, am I supposed to believe that that little boy thinks he's a girl? What, are you going to start giving him the hormones? How old is he? I mean, it's a cartoon, but how, how old is he? Four? You going to chop his penis off already, or are you going to give it some time? This is sick, sick stuff. This is an indoctrination. This isn't even in the schools, which I'm sure they'll show it in the schools. This is, this is, this is at home or wherever they're watching this. Maybe in nursery school, maybe in preschool. I don't know. The two daddies, that's one thing. I don't think it's appropriate for two-year-olds and three-year-olds. Do you? But to, 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 um, to dress the little boy up in a skirt and have him you know, prance around? <laughs> Let me just tell you what's going on here. Maybe not in this particular um, video. This is just, this is part of the overall indoctrination. But the purpose is, and I heard somebody say it uh, yesterday, had to be Fox, wasn't going to be somewhere else. And I've been saying this for years, for years, ever since they had what was called, and look it up, Mambla, Mambla, Man Boy Love Association. Look it up. Now, the word pedophile, no, 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 pedophile is not a good word. We need to call people who are pedophiles minor attracted persons or maps because maps 
sounds so, so, so fun. And the goal is going to be, and look where we've come in the last couple of years. Give it time. And if the Democrats maintain control, oh, it won't take a lot of time at all. Maps will be, will be instituted as the name. Pedophile, if you say it, you'll be a, I don't know, like a racist or a homophobe or whatever the hell, or a xenophobe, you'll be something a phobe, okay? You'll be a pedophobe because there's nothing wrong with pedophilia because it's not really pedophilia, whatever that means, that's bad. It's minor attracted persons. A real person is attracted to minors. And what do they say about that? Minors make decisions all the time. So they could decide to have sex with a, an adult. Why not? That's where we're headed. That's exactly where the left wants us to be. That's exactly where we're going to be if we allow it. If elected officials allow it, if school boards allow it, if pol every you know, politician that's out there, if parents allow it, and of course the parents speak out now at school board meetings, they're domestic terrorists. That's why the administration has to change. That's why we can't allow these people led by Barack Obama, in my opinion, to stay in power because they seek the destruction of the family. They seek the destruction of our society. Chaos is king to their ultimate goal. Chaos is king to their ultimate goal. And the way to do it, the only way to do it is at the ballot box. I wanna make that perfectly clear. Crazy, crazy stuff. Remember you heard it here, maps, Minor attracted persons, I'm sure you've heard it before. I hope you've heard it before. Maybe, maybe not. And that's the goal. Why can't a minor make it? Minors make decisions all the time. You know, who their friends are, play ball, not play ball, what, 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 uh, what, what subjects to study, this, that, all the time. What to eat. What, why can't they decide to have sex? Well, now they could decide to change their sex at, at five or six or seven. And the parent doesn't even have to know. So what's, what's the next step? Shack up with the teacher. Shack up with the, the sex counselor. Shack up with any adult you want. We are in real serious trouble. Real serious trouble. In this country, I mean, I, again, I don't know what, you know. In this country, we're in real serious trouble. Because they would label me for just what I just said as some kind of bigot. Believe me, that's what they would say because based on this monologue, based on what I presented here today uh, about this issue, since we played the Netflix thing, I'd be a, I'd be a something or other. Yep, 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 yep. And Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper wouldn't like what I said either. Unbelievable. All right, folks, um, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. And I've mentioned the name Barack Obama once or twice already, and I've mentioned Netflix, and boy, there's a connection there, my friends. And uh, how about this word, which they've changed the definition of, of course, racist. Ooh, what's he talking about? Oh, you'll see it, you'll hear it, you'll decide for yourself, as they say. Steve Malsberg right here on TNT. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. 
One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments, we turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide the news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. So many journalists are paying with their lives. They face exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. Today's News Talk Radio. Come on, let the man talk. We never censor our hosts. Good. Now, talk. Uncensored News. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. Steve Malsberg. Uh, and as I mentioned before the break, um, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, of course, the two most qualified people on the face of the earth to, uh, to be hired by Netflix for millions and millions of dollars to, uh, to produce programming and have input in programming. And I mean, who's more qualified than the, than the two of them? And um, Barack Obama is, uh, is involved or has been involved in a movie that's now out. Uh, big stars in the movie and a lot of controversy involving race. And the question is just how much involvement did Barack Obama have in instituting, uh, especially a line, a particular line. Before we get to our guests, I want to give you a, a part of the trailer. It does not have the line in it, but you get the point. This is like the world is ending. And here's a, here's a part of that trailer cut 268. We are seeing ongoing cyber attacks across the country. Something is happening and I don't trust them. Everything I know, I have told you. I don't believe you. I would do anything to protect my family. What you do, 
is your business. Get in the car right now! Haven't you been picking up on what's going on out there? Whatever it is, it's happening to all of us. I just want to know what is the truth. And there you have it. Leave the world behind on Netflix. And joining me now is uh, Scott McKay. We welcome him back to the show, the author of Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. It's all Obama. He's also the publisher of the uh, Hayride, an award-winning culture and politics site that covers uh, Southern and national um, uh, current events. And uh, you could find him uh, writing for the American Spectator. He's been there for a long, long time. Scott, welcome back, sir. (laughs) Thanks, Steve. Good to be with you. All right. So before we get to the part and I had a I got to say, I thought I originally saw in the trailer like a week ago, uh, the part in question, which I don't say it yet. uh, The racist uh, statement um, made by the black girl in the in in the in the movie. But I don't know. Did I don't know if they did they edit it because I had to go looking for someone's YouTube presentation, analyzing it to find the the uh, the the part in question. And I would bet that I, I had it in the in the um in the actual uh, trailer itself and now it seems to be gone so t- if you know anything about that tell me otherwise forget it but tell us tell us the role of barack and michelle obama at netflix in general right well i you know when, when they left office netflix brought them on as consultants or something um and i'm not sure exactly uh what it is but you know they were supposed to develop programs, and of course you know, they did a lot of sort of self-congratulatory documentary type stuff that nobody watches. Um, and then I think this is the first involvement that they've had in a feature presentation that Netflix has had. Um, and they, you know, they were given uh, executive producer credits on Leave the World Behind. Uh, and then in the trade press, we find out after the fact that um, this involved Obama getting giving notes on the script for the movie. Um, which Leave the World Behind is based on a 2020 novel that was a bestseller. And there were, as always is the case, lots of changes from the book to the movie. Um, You know, and uh, among those are things that Obama played some role in, whatever it was. Um, But if you watch the movie, what you'll notice is, you know, probably what I noticed, which is that, this movie reflects the Obama worldview in shocking ways. I mean, it is, first of all, it's exceptionally bleak and nihilistic and misanthropic. Um, and it's it's obsessed in race, not 24-7, like as the movie goes, but in key parts of the film where it doesn't really reflect uh, the reality of the situation or contribute to the plot. And and hopefully this isn't too much of a spoiler because it happens early. Basically, you know, the movie stars Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke as this, you know, white, well-to-do couple from Brooklyn who rent basically an Airbnb mansion on Long Long Island. 
And then Mahershala Ali and his daughter show up like the second night they're there. Things are starting to get weird because it's like the end of the world. There's a cyber attack or something and the power goes out and there's no cable and the Internet is out. This guy shows up in a $5,000 tuxedo driving like the top of the line Mercedes sedan that you get. He's got a thousand bucks on him. He says, look, my name's George. I'm the guy you've been emailing back and forth when you rented this place in the first place. You know, like there's a power outage in the city, can't get into my building. So we came out here. Here's a grand to reimburse you for your Airbnb. We need to rack out in the basement if that's okay. And of course, racist middle-aged white lady, Julia Roberts, right? Won't let him in the house, right? Because I don't trust him, right? That would never happen. Okay, the most backwoods Appalachia place in the world. You come in with a thousand bucks and say, look, it's my house. Let me sleep in the basement. And they're gonna be like, yeah, sure, whatever right? But this is the Obama worldview, right? Like these white liberals who voted for him, <laughs> he thinks that poorly of them, that this is this is how the script turns out. And of course, then there's the line that Mahershala well, Ali's yeah, well, I want to, I want to, I want to play that. I want, I want to play that now, Scott. Uh, but you're go giving ahead. us a good, uh, a great lead up and, and background and lead up. All right, so here we go with the cut number two sixty nine. I'm asking for you to remember that if the world falls apart, trust should not be dulled out easily to anyone, especially white people. Even mom would agree with me on that. Trust should not be doled out easily, especially to white people. Mom, even mom would agree with me on that. Now, the yeah, question and, and is, it, go ahead. Well, the implication is that her mother is white. And so she still says that. Right. Which is like as implausible as the first piece with racist Julia Roberts not letting, you know, the obviously super rich black guy who's got better things to do than than molest her into the house. Like everything about this is 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 it's well, it's dumb. Um, the, the dumbest thing is is also something that that is reflects the Obama worldviews. Ethan Hawke's character is like the the quintessential beta man um, who's incapable of doing much of anything. And, and in fact, late in the movie, he makes this, this, you know, line about how useless he is um, amid, you know, all the things that are, that are going on. Um, and so yeah, like the, and the, the end of the world happens and there's like basically no people around. like the, the, the entire cast of this movie is like, it's like six people. Um, and so, you know, like that's everything about it is implausible. Um, and it's it's creepy and sinister. And the tone of this thing and every other end of the world movie that you watch, there's always some sort of redeeming uh, piece like, you know, like, hey, if the world does end, it would be a tragedy for us to lose the society that we have. And like, there's always some hint of that somewhere. Right. Or at least there's a hint that, well, we might go ahead and rebuild with with what you know what we've lost this has none of that this has no redemption whatsoever it's 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 not even a tragedy that the world is going to see uh in this movie and look you go look at the effect that the obamas have had on america over the last 16 years and then you watch this movie and it all checks out it's like okay i get it this is what you guys are about you hate everybody um you know like Mahersha Ali's character is the only one that's even remotely remotely likable. Why? Because he's Obama. 
right? Like he's the guy, he's the smartest guy in the room. He knows what everything's going on. Uh, he's the most handsome guy and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, because of course he is, right? Um, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's all it, Obama. It, it, yeah, it 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 it, it re I mean I haven't seen the movie but uh everything I've read and from and your description and and it it does seem uh that uh, he he inserted himself in there in some way shape or form. Let let me let me move on. Uh and that's a movie and that's one thing. Uh and of course they're a they're a package deal of uh, Barack and Michelle Obama. And in the last time you were on we talked about how, you know, I have been saying for a long time that Barack Obama is running the government and I think you you agreed but let's move on from that for a second. Uh I, I do believe he's influencing the uh the Israel policy. I don't think he's happy with Joe Biden. Um uh, maybe Biden's really refusing to do what Obama wants to do because I can't imagine that that the support that that Biden at least publicly is giving to Israel is uh, is uh, sitting well with Barack Obama. Michelle Obama was asked, she was asked uh, by by people who matter, organiz an organization that matters to denounce what Hamas did to women, the rapes and the hostage taking. And to this point, as far as I could tell, I know at, at, in response to that request, she was silent. And as far as I could tell, she's been pretty damn silent. She will not say anything, has not said anything that I've seen uh, condemning Hamas, the rapes. I mean, we find out now from the movie and from people who've seen the, the video the Israelis have put together and from witnesses. I mean, uh, Chris Cuomo was saying the other day that, you know, they 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 shot female Israeli female soldiers in the in the vagina and cut off their breasts. I mean, and, and Michelle Obama has been asked to weigh in on that kind of stuff. Not a word. What is that? What is what, what does that mean? Why? What does that say? Well, um, without giving you know, too broad an explanation. What I would bring up is the fact that um, one of their dearest friends back in Chicago was a guy by the name of Rashid Khalid, uh, who is a Palestinian pro-Hamas academic. He was at the University of Chicago, uh, I guess, while Obama was there as an adjunct professor, uh, and then has since moved on to Columbia. Um, and there is this video that none of us have seen that is sitting in the archives of the Los right. Angeles Times that depicts a uh, a going away party for Khalidi, uh, at which apparently Obama gets up and speaks. And what Obama says, supposedly, you know, according to people that were actually at this this event, is so toxic about Israel and so anti-Semitic that it would have it would have destroyed him. From the absolute very beginning of his presidential campaign, had it ever gotten out. And Scott, I got, I got to interrupt. I remember, yeah. I remember talking about this I, I, when I was at WOR uh, in New York when he was running, and 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 before and after uh, that, this was being hidden, withheld, and yeah. and it existed, and we still haven't seen it. Right. Yeah. Well, they, you know, and they say, well, we got the video from a source who swore us to secrecy <laughs> and has never, you know, consented to the video coming out. And it's like, um, okay, so this is the same camp that released Jack Ryan's divorce records in 2004 right, right, right. over the objections of him and his ex-wife 
right? They gotta let that. The public needs to know because of um, you know of of uh, transparency and and uh, we gotta have an informed public. And it's like, yeah, and you won't even release a video of this man talking about a pretty important issue that he couldn't get the nomination of his own party, right? He wouldn't raise dollar one for one thing. Uh, that where everybody didn't know like how far onto the Palestinian side he actually was. And of course he gets elected president and for eight years, what happened on October 7th was obviously a more pronounced version of something that Hamas did nonstop while Obama was president. And uh, there was this very consistent pattern. They would start a war with the Israelis by doing some atrocious thing, car bombs in you know the West Bank or rockets that they were shooting, whatever it was, and it was all aimed at Israeli civilians. So the Israelis would retaliate and they would start a fight, right? And then this thing would get really ugly. The Israelis would begin to win and magically the um, Obama administration, the American government, the, the, the European uh, uh, diplomatic corps would rush in and have a ceasefire. Oh, we need to stop the killing, right? And then six months later, it would happen again, right? Like this, this happens, went on for like eight years when Obama was president. And this was like the established pattern is that these guys would take pot shots at the Israelis, right? They'd hit below the belt. And when, when Israel would respond, you know, like, okay, now we're going to put a stop to it. So there was never any consequence for starting a war with a much more powerful country next door. Um, and, you know, finally, at this point, the Israelis are like, no, we're done. Like we're this is we're going to finish this off. We're not tolerating Hamas anymore. Um, and what do you get? You get the Obama Redux administration of Joe Biden, right? Oh well, we need to have a, a a ceasefire. And you know they're at such a point where they're embarrassed by college kids on campus who have gone completely ape with the pro Hamas demonstrations and all the rest of this stuff that people are actually, you know, wide awake to how far gone the left is with all of the pro-Palestinian. And it's actually splitting the Democrat Party a little bit because, you know, so much of the money that funds that party is Jewish. And they're like, wait a minute, what are we funding? Right? Right. So it, it's become a problem for them. The smart play was always to stick with Israel. But the, the Obamas, okay, their friends are all not just Palestinians, but Hamas people. You know, one of Obama's mentors, you know, when he was at Columbia was Edward Said, who's the father of, you know, sort of the pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, you know, care lobby uh, among right. American academics. So, 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 so in, in other words, I mean, if we ever saw that video, we, we, a lot we of us would be shocked, but it would be, yeah, yeah it, it would, it's, I don't, I just don't, I just don't think that, uh, that that's ever going to happen. So, so Scott, yeah. um, uh, tell everybody how they could uh, find you and read you and hear you and uh, everything you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got two sites. I've got theheyride.com, which is sort of a Southern politics site based here in Louisiana. Uh, and, you know, we got a lot of good stuff going on there. Also have a uh, national conservative site that's relatively new called Reviver.com, R-V-I-V-R.com. Uh, it's a great news aggregation, video aggregation site with all of its own content as well. Uh, and I'm a columnist at the American Spectator. Find that at spectator.org. But first of all, and most importantly, read this thing, Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. It's all Obama. It's available everywhere books are sold. 
uh, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, PalomoPress.com is the publisher's website. I think you can get the best price there. Scott McKay, have a great Christmas and a wonderful 2024. And I'm sure we'll speak again during the course of the uh, year, probably before Michelle Obama becomes the nominee. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully so. Thanks, Steve. Have a good one. All right. Take care, Scott. Take care. All right, folks. Um, Interesting. Very interesting conversation. And uh, that that line in that movie is just bonkers. But it's, you know, it's par for the course. It's par for the course. And if he actually, if you told me he wrote it, he insisted it be in the script, you think I'd be shocked? Of course not. Of course not. Barack Obama. And if you called him Barack Hussein Obama, which was, which is his middle name, like Richard Milhouse Nixon, George W. Bush, George H.W. Bush, you know, which they said to make a distinction. But nonetheless, you know, um, William Jefferson Clinton. But if you said Barack Hussein Obama, you were a bigot. You were a racist. You were an Islamophobe because you said Hussein. You had to put his middle name in there. Okay, it's his middle name. Never ends. Never ends. So what, so what we're talking about now is, is not new. It goes back decades. Decades. It's just worse than ever. All right, folks, we have one final segment left in the hour. I'm Steve Malzberg right here. Don't go anywhere on TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. If by some unimaginable impossibility you're still trying to determine whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, ask yourself the following questions. Did you favor the Baphomet statue being erected at the Iowa State Capitol? Did you enjoy the school board swearing in on a stack of child pornography books? Do you find nothing objectionable about a homosexual sex tape being recorded in a Senate hearing room and posted online? And finally, did you just love the transgender nutcracker down a hallway hideously decorated by Dr. Jill Biden for Christmas at the White House? If the answer to one or more of these questions is yes, you might be a Democrat. In fact, you're definitely a Democrat. As for the rest of us, if you doubted that, in the words of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, this next election is the choice between normal and crazy, wonder no more. Last week said it all. From aginstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Last week, Brandon met a girl on a dating app. One day after work, he finally found the courage to ask her out. No answer. He started to panic. Was he being too pushy? Maybe it was too... Hey, sorry I didn't respond. I was driving. I would love to go on a date. How does tonight sound? Brandon tried to play it cool, but inside he knew. A girl so smart, so responsible. She must be a keeper. When a crisis hits, close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed, and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing. Nurturing. Rescuing. Honoring. Protecting. Caring. Inspiring. 
The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes, across all missions, has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. You're with Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Um, I will be here uh, tomorrow, same time, don't forget, um, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And we'll have a lot to uh, get to before the uh, extended uh, uh, Christmas uh, break. And so keep it keep it right here. Make sure you're here tomorrow as well. Um, okay, let's get to um, John Kirby. John Kirby, uh, spokesman for Biden, uh, was uh, was speaking, which is what he does. And he is weighing in here. He was asked at a press conference if Joe Biden can name one foreign policy achievement for that he's accomplished this year. One, one. Well, apparently there's just so many. That, that Kirby just couldn't couldn't keep up. Here is cut 271. There's a lot that we've achieved uh, in foreign policy, and uh, Karine's already made sure that she that you know that we're we're running late, and I don't want to I don't want to belabor this. So I, I, this answer could go on for like 20 minutes, but I mean, from the Indo-Pacific and the Quad and AUKUS deal to get Australia nuclear powered submarine capability to what we've done with supporting Ukraine, pushing back, they've clawed back more than 50% uh, of the territory that Russia took uh, in the early months of the war. You think they, you know, obviously they did that through courage and bravery on the field, but they certainly did that with United States support. Look at what Israel's been able to do to put pressure on Hamas in the wake of the, the worst terrorist attack that they've ever, that, that they've ever uh, succumbed to. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. That, that has been, I think if I had to bucket into one thing, the, one of the most important things he's done on the foreign policy front is shore up and revitalize our vast network of alliances and partnerships. No other nation in the world has that kind of a network at their disposal the way United, the United States does. And our leadership on the world stage is stronger because he took the time to in, invest in those relationships, many relationships that had been let lapse by the previous administration. Yeah, wow, what a network of countries and relationships we have. Wow, that Joe Biden, people are drawn to him like a magnet. Wow, I mean, that's, a, that's probably the best thing he's done in addition to all the other things he's done. Wow, what a foreign policy leader he is. What a commander in chief this man is. Yeah, I mean, our border is being invaded. It's now about 10 in this month, about 10 thousand invaders a day 10,000 a day and he doesn't care he doesn't care not one little bit and speaking of the border speaking of the border he was asked Kirby was um what's Biden done about it what's died what's Biden done about the border name one thing name the thing that he's done best of all for the border and here's the answer. It's cut 272. Can you point to one thing the White House is doing right now that is making an impact on the border, is making an impact with this current surge? Well, one of the things that uh, we, well, obviously it's a big part of the supplemental request. Uh, and should we get 
the funding we're asking for, it will give us an opportunity to put more Border Patrol officers uh, out, out there on the border. It will give us a chance to increase the asylum court officers and uh, help with that process. And there's some physical security measures uh, that are baked into that funding as well. So part, part and parcel of the, the supplemental request was very much recognizing that more needs to be done uh, on border security, and we're willing to keep having that conversation with members of Congress. I would also add uh, that one of the things that uh, President Lopez Obrador and the President talked about today was trying to work on getting at the root causes of migration. We're seeing record levels of people. More people are on the move in this hemisphere than that's been the case since World War II. There's a lot of factors, and part of that is, of course, dealing with instability. Okay, uh, <laughs> dealing with instability, that's at the border. He's done nothing. Of course, the first thing he did, you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked uh, about, um, you know, what more could Biden do? And she said, hey, he's done everything, you know, that a president could do. What could he do? What else could he do? The, the some of the first things he did when he got into office was use the pen to undo things that Trump put in place that kept the border much more secure, that kept the numbers of invaders way, way down. So he got rid of it. He got rid of policies that Trump instituted unilaterally. You know what he could do? He could put them back. That's what he could do, but he won't. And as far as the military aspect of this, we have two warships, two warships in the Gulf. The Houthis, the Houthis, Houthis, Houthis are stopping shipping world commerce. They're attacking ships. And what do we do with our two warships? We sit there. We sit there and we watch it. And if something comes our way, we intercept it. Whoa, we intercept it, all right. I'll tell you, nothing like a good interception. Do we forcefully, do we bomb the Houthi launching sites, the radar sites, every, all of their facilities, all of the things they're using to, to, to shut down the world shipping? Nope. Nope. Because Joe Biden's a military genius. Nope. And you wouldn't want to upset Iran. We've given them money. I mean, Barack Obama would never upset Iran. Never, ever, 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 ever. Because Iran is Barack Obama's obsession. Always has been. He wants to be buddies with them. He wants to be friends with them. So we give them money. We give them billions. We let, give them access to everything. We take away sanctions. We, we, we give them a free pass when their, their surrogates stop and block shipping for the world. That's who Joe Biden is because that's who Barack Obama is. And that's who Joe Biden has to be. That's who he has to be. When are we going to act? When are we going to act against those that have bombed our soldiers' barracks in Iraq, in, 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 in other countries in the area? When are we going to take action against those who have done this? When? What the hell's going on? We're sitting and watching? We're shooting down drones? I'm not blaming our troops. I'm blaming our leaders. That's a funny word for them. Leaders. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, folks. Don't forget, 
Jason Olborn is next. So you keep it right where it is. And as I mentioned, I will see you uh, tomorrow. God willing, of course. Um, Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Right here, 9 p.m. Eastern on TNT. TNT.